Good morning, everybody. Um, it is, um, what's it now, Tuesday morning? And uh, we have a little bit of time that we can spend in the Word together. So um, I really hope this, this blesses you. So uh, you can turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Okay, so um, something, I may, I may speak a little bit about this, some a few messages about this, but um, we're going to talk about the new creation in Christ. So uh, I want you to just get, just just hear anew, hear fresh what happened to you when you got born again, and uh, how we access the reality of the new creation man. All right, so the scripture I want to start off with is... Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, the previous moral spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. All right, so something is new and something is old. So we, we need to see what is old and what is new. So I want to read it out of King James. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So if you're a new creature, it means you're a completely different thing than you were before. So I used to say this back in the day when we were still in the library wall. I said, um, you, are, you were a crocodile, now you're a giraffe, something completely different. Okay, so just... just just stupid example, but it's a totally different thing that feeds on something totally different. It's got totally different needs. It's got totally different um, way of living, way of doing. You're a completely new creature. Um, so you never turn a, a crocodile into a giraffe by training. But the crocodile dies and the giraffe is born. And this is what we need to get. So let's just rewind a little bit. We pick it up in verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us, because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Okay, if one died for all, then all died. So one became a crocodile and he died for all. So all the crocodiles are now dead. So that all those who live, um, one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that all those who live might no longer live to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. So this is a, this is a bit of a risk. You, you put your trust in someone and with that, you die. You completely lose your old life. You completely lose the natural life. You completely lose the ego man. All right? So we need to first, before we want to see what we have become, we need to see what we are not anymore. Okay? What we have lost. And what you have lost is everything of your old natural life because you died. Okay, so 
Let's just stand still on this a little bit. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and yet I live. But it's not I that live, it's Christ that lives within me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So it's exactly what he says here, so that those who live might live for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Okay, so in the death of Christ, we died. In the death of Christ, we died to the law. In the death of Christ, we died to sin. In the death of Christ, Adam died. So we were all in Adam. So we were born of, you know, it's your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather and mother. (laughs) So it goes back all the way to Adam. Okay, so if you want to... You know, a lot of people want to go into the bloodlines and to break the bloodline curse and all that now. It's not in trying to fix Adam. It's not in trying to get the curse off of Adam. It's in realizing Adam died and Christ is alive in you. All right? A new creature, new creation man. Adam, natural man. Christ, the Lord from heaven. If you read 1 Corinthians 15. Okay? So Adam, we used to be in Adam. And the nature came down all the way from Adam. So you're wasting your time if you're trying to fix Adam. If you're trying to get Adam to fall in line, you will not. Because Romans 8 says the mind of the flesh does not submit itself to the law of God. Indeed, it cannot. So the, the, the mind of the flesh is in constant opposition and enmity towards God, there is nothing in, in the natural mind, in the Adam life, that is friendly towards God. Not one sought him out, says the scripture. No one, no one sought him out. Okay? Not even one. <laughs> so all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay? That's Romans chapter 3, verse 23, 24. So all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of, of God. But all um, have received grace. Let's just read it. Made alive. Let's just quickly go there. Romans chapter 3. So there's a lot to say about this. So I'm not going to attempt to do it all in this session. So we will continue on it. Okay, so it says Romans chapter 3. He says... Since all have sinned and are falling short of the honor and the glory which God bestows and receives, King James, for, we, we, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in verse 24 says, all are justified and made upright and right standing with God freely by his grace. King James, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, um, the, your new life is in Christ Jesus. Your, the redemption is in Christ Jesus. The old stuff that you're struggling with is in Adam. Adam has sinned. And all those who are in Adam, all have sinned. So we were all in Adam. All were born in the flesh to a sinful nature in a sinful body. Every human being. So what did you do to become a sinner? You got born. So the very nature that that little innocent baby is born with, born with, laying there in the little crib, you know, oh, look, she's so cute. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and then they become two and three, and you see, okay? So, and then they become 20 and 30, and then you see, okay? So, <laughs> so the thing is, um, we need to understand that the natural life, the natural man, is not the, it's not to be fixed, but it's to be dispensed with. Okay, so there's a complete transformation that happens to you when Christ comes to abide and comes to dwell in you. Okay, but first, before he can come and, and dwell in you, you need to die. Now, how do you die? By faith. How do you die? By faith in Jesus Christ. That moment you get born again, and the old man dies, and the new is risen in you. The seed word comes into your heart and the Christ arises in your heart. Okay, so let's just look at a few scriptures. Baptism speaks about this dying and being raised to a new life. So if, we, if you want to understand the new creation life, you need to understand baptism. So what baptism is not, is baptism is not a seal to the covenant. Uh, and most churches' doctrine books say that. They say that baptism uh, came in, in place of the circumcision, and circumcision was a seal of the covenant because with the circumcision there was blood, and the blood is a seal of, to the covenant. And yes, old covenant. That was the circumcision. But we know that all the blood sacrifices and all the blood sealing and the circumcision and all of that stopped with the cross. Paul said... Listen, if you want to circumcise, you fall from grace. And you back into the law. And then if you want to get circumcised, you have to obey the whole law. So if you want to make baptism about the circumcision, the new circumcision, hey, 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 then you're obliged to keep the whole law. They're obligated to keep the whole law. So we don't want to get people back under the law. So baptism is not what the scripture says. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 is the scripture that they refer to. But Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 does not say that baptism has come in the place of the circumcision as a seal of the covenant. There's not one scripture in your Bible that says baptism is a seal of anything. You're not sealed by baptism. You're sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. You are sealed by God with his spirit, with the Holy Ghost. In the old, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. So they were sealed with the sign of the, of the covenant, which is circumcision, which means blood. The first people got the sprinkling of the blood in Exodus chapter 24. They, the covenant was sealed with blood. Okay? And the sign of it was circumcision. Even uh, before that even happened, God gave the sign of circumcision to Abraham, and it went through. So the circumcision speaks of a seal to the covenant. But we know that Jesus broke all the seals. That Jesus' blood broke all those seals. And it set us free from the covenant that is bloodthirsty. So Hebrews chapter 12 says, uh, The blood of Abel that the earth swallowed cried out for vengeance. But there's a different blood. It's a blood speaking from heaven. It's the blood of Jesus. And it cries out for mercy. So the, the blood of Jesus, he... He has washed us with his blood, and he has sealed us with his Holy Ghost. So the, the blood of Jesus releases us from all the, the expectations of the law that was sealed with blood. 
So the blood of Jesus quenches the thirst for a blood offering of the old. And in that, in that the blood of Jesus had flowed, it activated the testament, which is our inheritance. And the inheritance is the promised Holy Ghost. So the blood twofold. It releases you from the old. It washes you clean so that you can receive the new. And the new is the Holy Spirit. The new is you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. All right. So this whole process, you die to the old, you die to the law of Moses, you die to all the sacrifices, you die to having to, to bring a blood sacrifice. The sacrifice of Jesus is a once for all, availing for all time. And it sets you free and in, in a different relationship with God. You receive the Holy Ghost, which transforms you from Adam to Christ. It transforms you from a natural man to a spiritual man. It transforms you from... A giraffe, from a, a crocodile to a giraffe. Okay, so there's, there's a, it's a completely different type of man. Okay, all right. So Romans chapter six says, "What shall we say to all this? Are we to remain in sin in order that God's grace may multiply and overflow? Certainly not. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? <laughs> How powerful is that? So if we understand that we have died." It means we can't live in sin any longer. Any longer. It means we have died to sin. It means like sin can't find me because I'm in the grave, in the grave of baptism. He says, are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So the true message of baptism, the true picture of baptism is this, grave. I've been buried in the waters of baptism, immersed. I'm now dead and buried. And out of the watery grave, risen to a new life in union with God. That's what baptism speaks of. Baptism does not seal, seal the covenant. Baptism is actually the opposite. Baptism buries the man who was under the covenant. And the man is raised up to an inheritance, which is a testament in Christ. Okay, so... It's not New Covenant, technically, it's fine, you, you can speak of New Covenant, but just understand that the New Covenant is a last will and testament. It is a testament, not a contract. The old is a contract, and both had to perform in order to get something. Um, God performed, people couldn't, so he became a man and performed on man's behalf. That was the cross, fulfilled everything. Now the blessing belonged to Jesus. Okay, so now he gives it freely as an inheritance to everyone who would receive it. So the death of the testator activated the testament, which is the Holy Ghost. You can only receive the Holy Ghost freely by grace. You cannot receive the Holy Ghost by doing the works of the law. That's why when people put emphasis on the covenant, they, you don't see the Holy Ghost at work. But when people put emphasis on the blood of Jesus, you see the Holy Ghost at work. That's just Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Unto whom Christ was openly, graphically portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Ghost by obeying the works of the law, or was it by the hearing of faith? Okay, so that we've covered plenty. Okay, but now we, we need to get this. Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were buried therefore with him by the baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. Okay. So Jesus was the firstborn from among the dead. Jesus was the first to undergo that. Okay. So as a sign for that, he had to be baptized by John the Baptist. Okay. Um, John the Baptist said, no, uh, it's I that need to be baptized by you. He says, permitted to be so, so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. So where was all righteousness fulfilled? In the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water. And then the Holy Ghost came upon him. <laughs> so what happened then? Signs, wonders, miracles. The sign of the kingdom of God. All right. So um, if we understand baptism... We know that in Christ we have died and we are raised again in new life as if born from the dead, as if someone coming back from the dead. It is no longer I who live, it's Christ that lives. So I lose the old life. So Jesus said, I did a whole sermon on it during lockdown somewhere, um, and that says, um, Jesus said it, those who lose their life will gain it, but those who, who try to save their life will lose it. Okay, so those who, who try to save their natural life will lose, lose the spirit life. So if you try to fix Adam, you're going to miss Christ. And if you, if you lose your natural life for my sake, you gain the spiritual life. So you have to lay down the old. You have to lay down the natural. You have to lay it down as if burying a friend. Okay, so you lay down all your accolades. You lay down everything that you could achieve. You lay down, Paul says, I count it all as loss for the joy of knowing him. All right? So I've been buried, natural life, lost, buried, gone. You can grieve it, get over it, it's over. But now you are raised in new fellowship with him, unbroken fellowship with him. Okay? Which means there is now eternal life inside of you. Life that never ends. Okay? So he says... Uh, we were buried with him by the baptism into death, so just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious powers of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. So through baptism, I died and I was raised. So if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. Baptized, sprinkling of a baby, sorry, doesn't count, because they do it as a sign of the, of the seal of the covenant. I don't care how much water you use. So there's people in China that got baptized in prison but in a cup of water. It's not about the amount of water. Yes, it says immersed, baptizo, that's the word. I know, I know, I know. And it's fine. We do immerse people. We baptize them in our swimming pool. But what I'm saying is it's not the amount of water. It's the revelation behind it. The revelation is death, resurrection. The revelation is not seal to a covenant. With other words, circumcision to a baby. Sorry, you're putting that child under the law. Don't do it. If you've been baptized, get baptized properly. Die to the covenant, die to the law, and get raised and be sealed with the Holy Ghost. All right? So that's what the whole baptism thing is about, to get you out of the law. All right, so. For if we have become one with him by sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived for God. So you want to share the resurrection? Get a revelation on baptism. Okay. 
we know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. For when a man dies, he is freed and loosed from the power of sin. Okay, so if you die in baptism, guess what? <laughs> You're freed, loosed from the power of sin. Okay? Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall live with him. Because we know that Christ, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. For by the death he died, he died to sin, ending his relation to it once for all. And the life that he lives, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, consider yourselves also dead to sin and your relation to it broken, but alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore rule as king in your mortal bodies. Okay, so baptism speaks of the old man being buried. Okay? But also, it speaks of you die to sin, you die to the law, which is the old covenant. So, the old is gone, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. If any man is engrafted in Christ, is if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature altogether, a new creation. The old is past. So that's what we've been talking about, you have died. Now he says, behold... The new has come. You're raised to a new life, living in unbroken fellowship with him. So your eyes need to open to the fact that the new has come. What is the new? The New Testament, the promise, the Holy Ghost, the grace, the mercy, the blood of Jesus releases you from the old and ushers in the new, which is the Holy Ghost. So we are ever under the blood of Jesus that releases us from all the penalties committed under the old covenant it's, it rescues us from from the old it ransoms us from that system and it places us inside christ and christ is the king and the kingdom of god comes through those who are surrendered to the king okay All right so you you are raised to a new life in christ okay so i want to quickly jump to john chapter 15 So I think, I think there's so much to say on this that and we have to speak on, on born again and regeneration as well, but we'll, we'll do that tomorrow because we, the time is already over. Okay, so John chapter 15 says, I'm the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing, it cuts away in terms of takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit and make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Okay, so it speaks of Israel that was a native branch, if you read Romans chapter 11, and they did not bear fruit. And Jesus coming to the fig tree and saying, looking for fruit, but the, there's no fruit. But there's leaves, and leaves and fruit usually come together with a fig tree. So he cursed the fig tree because it had to show, but it doesn't, didn't have any substance. No fruit behind the leaves. Okay, so he said... Uh, no one shall eat of you ever again. And he cursed it. And when they came back there, they said, hey, the fig tree is withered up. He said, have faith in God. So in Romans chapter 11, it's a bit of a different story than in John 15. It's the native branches that was in the olive tree was broken off because of unbelief and they didn't bear fruit. So that's what he, what he mentions here is because people 
rejected Christ. Broke, branches broken off. So he's cleaning the tree. Okay? So we know that you have to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are not the one being broken off. Then you're the one being grafted in. Okay, so now it says in Romans chapter 11, don't you think because you've been grafted in that you're now something special. You need to bear fruit also. You need to believe. Because if they were not spared because of unbelief, neither will you. So we need to all believe. Otherwise, there's no salvation. So faith comes by hearing. We need to hear the gospel, believe the gospel. Simple. So if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus um, Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. So it's simple as that. So just the simplicity of trusting the cross of Christ, grafted in. That's all you need to understand there. Okay. But he says then, the Romans chapter 11, do you not suppose that they could be grafted back in? Okay. Now in Zechariah chapter 3, um, there was uh, Aaron the high priest and he's standing there and Satan coming, coming in to accuse him. And before the angel of the Lord. And, um, and Satan, you know, pointed out that he was standing there in filthy garments. Okay? And um, the angel said to, to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. So God didn't rebuke Aaron. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Okay, so it says here um, in verse 6, If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch, and whether such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire. Speaking of Israel that rejected him, or anyone that rejects him for that matter. Okay, but now he says, this one, isn't this a brand plucked out of the fire? Those who were broken off, Romans 11, can they not be easily grafted back in? So even if someone is already like a branch in the fire, it's very easy for God to take that native branch out of the fire and graft him back in. And that branch will, re branch will receive life and bear fruit. So it's just about believing the simple gospel and receiving the Holy Ghost. The moment you receive the Holy Ghost, doesn't matter how bad the, the Adam life was. doesn't matter how bad your rebellion was. doesn't matter how, how wicked you were and how... It's all forgiven, and you receive the new life. You're a new creation. All right, so also, um, in the olive tree, when, uh, when other branches are, are grafted in, the branch takes on the properties of the olive tree, okay? So it transforms, and it, and it changes, okay? So it's not only that it's just a different branch that's now grafted in and now it bears this weird fruit that on the olive tree no it transforms the branch okay so you bear the fruit of the the of the thing that you are grafted into so the new creation man works like this you were died you you died but you were raised again to a new life so you were cut off from the wild bush and you were grafted into the new uh, olive tree and as the as the sap flows through you, you are transformed and you bear the fruit of the tree that you're grafted into now. I hope this is clear. So there's a transformation that takes place. You're already in the new tree. You're already in the new life. You're already a new creation. But now it takes some time for that new creation life to start manifesting as you receive the life from the tree. 
Okay, so um, let's just read this portion of scripture in, uh, I actually focused more on Romans 11, but let's just read this and then, then I'll speak a little bit. It says, um, I am the vine and your father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts away in terms of, and he cleanses, repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more richer and more excellent fruit. So um, how does he prune you who are grafted in? He says here, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you. So Ephesians 5 calls that the washing of the water by the word. He cleanses or prunes you by the word. So as the word flows through you, all the other stuff is taken off. All the stuff that causes you not to bear fruit, cut off, washed away. Nice. So all the, all the dead stuff is cut off. Okay, as you hear the word, and the word washes over you, the word washes through you. Okay, now it says... Verse 4, dwell in me. So this is the big thing of the new creation, man. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So if you abide in the vine, guess what happens? You bear fruit. So a vine doesn't try to bear fruit, and then there's a fruit. Okay, it's more like it's just there. It's just in the vine. And then the sap flows and then, you know, it's just the wind blows and the rain falls and it soaks up the sun rays. And it's just enjoying being in the vine and it's abiding in the vine. That's all. It's just in one place. It's, it's receiving life constantly from the vine. From the vine feeding the branches. The branch receiving from the vine. So, and then... One day you just get there and there's this small little fruit. It's not fruit yet. It's almost, but you can see they're growing. And then one day you get there. Hey, man, there's nice fruit on this thing. Okay. And then after a while, it's ready for harvest. Okay. So uh, the vine has no effort. The effort was done by the husbandman. He grafted you in. That's the hard work. The branch just stays there. So that's your job. Dwell. Stay there. <laughs> Stay in the secret place. Stay in that place of abiding in fellowship with him. You are raised to unbroken fellowship with him. That's, that's your life, the new creation man. Your life, your, your mandate, your vision is not to change yourself, to try to fix Adam, to change Adam. Your mandate is to abide in the vine. And then, because you're abiding in the vine, the life that's in the vine will bear fruit in you. All right, does it make sense? All right, so abide. Okay, so verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, you can do nothing. What a revelation. In union with him, all things are possible. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Okay, so if a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out, thrown out like a broken off branch, and withers. And such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Wow. So then all things are possible if you abide in the vine. Without him, nothing. With him, all things. <laughs> all right. When you bear much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you show yourselves to be true followers of mine. So God wants us 
to receive whatever we ask so that people can see that we are followers of God. So we, we can prove to them that we are disciples. Okay. Right. So, and then he says, abide in my love. So abiding in the branch means abiding in the love of God. All right. So, if any man be in Christ, if any man be engrafted in Christ, he's a new creature. All, the old is passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Okay. So, the branch is transformed into something completely different. It's a new life. So, the moment you get engrafted into Christ, into the anointing, into the Holy Ghost, and Christ comes and dwells on the inside of you, the fruit of the Spirit comes. Okay? It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the effect that He has on you. So, if you take, uh, say, alcohol, and you go all over the world, there's different cultures, you know, there's different languages, there's different people groups all over the world. But if you give all of them alcohol, you get the same result. Okay? Alcohol has a consistent result in people all over the world. doesn't matter what they believe. Okay? doesn't matter what language. doesn't matter the culture. If they drink alcohol, they get drunk. Okay? <laughs> no. Holy Ghost. Much like that. All right? If the Holy Ghost comes, you see the same fruit. In this country, in this country, in this country, in this country, in this country. The same effect. So the new creation man is someone plugging, plugging into an unseen source and bearing fruit. That's why you can get, you know, you go on an outreach to a different country. You go to, you know, Zambia or you go to Malawi or, you know, we go to Zanzibar these days. Or, or you know, you, you find Christians somewhere in Netherlands or in USA or wherever totally different country but it's the same spirit and you feel like your family is the same holy ghost all right so um the new creation man is simply the old man adam that died because he got immersed and he got raised to a new life in the holy ghost so your body looks the same your body looks exactly the same, but the inside is totally different. So you're plugged into a different source. So Adam was a natural man because he never ate of the tree of, the, of life in the garden. We have access to the tree of life. So the moment you eat of the fruit or the words of Jesus, transformed into his likeness. Okay, the moment you eat his words and it enters into your heart, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. If those words enter into your heart, bam, transformed into you're a new man. Okay, but now, spirit is new. Now your mind needs to get with the program. and Your mind needs to be renewed until you understand what you have become. So if you have become born again, and I actually want to speak about this tomorrow. If you become born again, what happens? You're completely transformed in spirit. But as your mind catches up to what happened in the spirit, you start showing the fruit. You start showing. So um, when you got grafted in, you're part of a whole new tree. But as you spend time receiving the life, the fruit starts coming. Okay? So we'll talk about that part tomorrow um, tomorrow morning so i want you to understand this that if you are born again if you are abiding in christ if you believe in him if you got the holy spirit if you're saved 
you are new. The old has died. Your new real life, Colossians chapter 3 verse 3, is hidden with Christ in God. And then he goes on verse 4, when Christ shall appear, you will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. That means you will show forth Christ as you abide in him. You know, since you are raised to a new life with Christ, Colossians 3 verse 1, aim at and seek to reach eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated. Um, and set your minds and keep it set on what is above and not on what is beneath. You know, new, old, above, new, old, beneath. Okay? Uh, set your mind, keep it set, for you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So your, your glory is to seek out this new life that's already in you. And to, to experience it. To seek out relationship. To seek out fellowship with the Holy Ghost. And if you have fellowship with the Holy Ghost, the fruit appears. Okay? So... Perfection simply means the Holy Ghost has complete control of you. It shows the invisible spirit shows himself in you. All right. We're already over the time. So more about that tomorrow. So may you be blessed. Let me greet a few people. Um, hello, Janine. And, and Irak, Umbalani, it's great to see you. Umbalani, bless you, man. Just this guy is building churches. Every time I see something on Facebook, he's got an, you know, another church building going up somewhere and he's just planting churches what a man of god bless you what a man of god and uh, there's dini from georgia again bless you dini and benny pastor benny from johannesburg bless you guys it's, it's good to see all of you and everyone that's not watching live but maybe watching um you know at a different stage hello <laughs> bless you too everyone watching from different countries we also love you bless you guys we'll see you again tomorrow morning amen